to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Joshua with this message entitled, The Faith of Caleb. Now, if you have your Bibles with you, please turn to Joshua chapter 14. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. As we grow older, help us to learn to fight. Fight the battles of the Lord. Even one has to fight alone. Help us to believe that God is true. God cannot lie. God is with us. God is our Savior. God goes before us. God will fight all our battles. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning I want to speak to you about the persevering faith of an 85-year-old person. The faith of Caleb. Now this sermon is not just for 85-year-old, but every person who is growing older, which is everyone. Today I want to speak of an older man, 85 years old, Caleb Ben-Jefune. God himself certified him to be a man of great faith who obeyed him fully. Caleb is an inspiration to all true believers, especially especially to all who are elderly and maturing in the faith. So if you are an elderly person, then listen. <laughs> he will inspire you. He will strengthen you. He will invigorate you. He will lift you up from the dumps. The scriptures does not speak of his death. We see him at age 85 as a warrior who personally conquered Hebron by defeating the ancient giants who dwelt there. Though he was elderly, he was vigorous and mighty in battle. And he illustrates the reformed doctrine of perseverance of the saints as recorded in Westminster Confession of Faith chapter 13 and article 1 and let me read that to you they whom God hath accepted in his beloved effectually called that means regenerated effectually called and sanctified by his spirit can neither totally nor finally fall away from the state of grace but shall certainly persevere therein to the end and be eternally saved. Article 2, this perseverance of the saints 
depends not upon their own free will, but upon the immutability of the decree of election flowing from the free and unchangeable love of God the Father upon the efficacy of the merit and intercession of Jesus Christ, the abiding of the Spirit and the seed of God within them and the nature of the covenant of grace from all which ariseth also the certainty and infallibility thereof. Perseverance of the saints. If you are eternally chosen unto salvation, if you are effectually called, you'll be justified, you'll be sanctified, you'll be glorified. You will persevere to the very end. So let us look at this Caleb, 85-year-old Caleb. By faith, he was a leader of Judah. We see him first in Numbers 13 and verse 6. And we are told in Numbers he was one of the 12 leaders of Israel. And he was chosen to spy out the land of Canaan. And he was the leader of the tribe of Judah. So he was born in Egypt. He was a slave of Pharaoh. He lived there 38 years. As a slave, he had to make bricks for Pharaoh. Even without straw, we are told. He suffered under Pharaoh great abuse. Then came the Exodus. God of Abraham through Moses delivered all Israel from Egyptian slavery. And he did so by supernatural miracles. The ten plagues. Caleb was an eyewitness to those miracles. He heard the cries of Egyptian parents whose firstborns were killed. He witnessed the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea. He walked through the sea on dry land. He saw the miracle of the waters of Mara being made sweet. He drank water, cool, clear water that came out of flinty rock. He personally gathered manna every day and ate the bread made out of it which tasted like honey. He saw with his eyes the presence of God in the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud. He personally fought against the Amalekites and God gave Israel victory, we are told. He was there when God gave the Ten Commandments and he agreed to abide by the covenant law. When others worshipped golden calf, he refused to worship the golden calf and remained faithful 
to the God of Israel. He was a leader by faith. Secondly, he was a spokesman for God. When ten of the spies discouraged Israel against going and possessing Canaan by conquest, according to God's own word, Joshua and Caleb spoke for God. Faith is active. Faith speaks. Faith speaks God's word. Turn to Second Corinthians chapter 4 and listen to the language of St. Paul. Chapter 4 verse 13, it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. With the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore we speak. When we believe God's promises, we speak for God. And so Caleb spoke for God. The ten spies, they discouraged. They spoke because of their unbelief. They did not speak for God. They said the people of Canaan are giants. Stronger than us. They said the cities were fortified. They said the cities were very large. They said Israel compared to these giants were like grasshoppers. They said we cannot attack. We cannot defeat them. We cannot conquer them. They said we must all go back and surrender ourselves as slaves again to Pharaoh. That's unbelief speaking. But faith spoke. And Caleb said this. The covenant Lord, the infinite personal God, the God of miracles, the God who delivered us from the Egyptians is pleased with us. Absolutely true. God was pleased with the people of God. That's why he came and appeared to Moses in the burning bush and disclosed to him his plan of delivering them from Egyptian bondage and bringing them to the promised land and give the land as an inheritance to them. He said, the Lord is pleased with us. He said, he will lead us into the land. He said, he will fight for us. He said, he will give the land to us. He said, don't be afraid. He said, if the Lord is for us, who can be against us? He said, no walls, no fortifications, no giants, no gods of the nations can withstand the onslaught of God's people when the Lord is with them. That faith speaking. The true believer always sees God. And the unbeliever always sees the giants. You see God? Do you speak of his power to save you, to redeem you, to help you, to guide you? 
to fight your battles? Or do you simply see giants and shrink into grasshoppers? If this is so, then listen to this 85-year-old speaking. He speaks for God. Thirdly, Caleb believed God's promises. Because of Israel's unbelief, the Lord swore to destroy all the fighting men of Caleb's generation, except two, Caleb and Joshua. So we calculate that God killed for their unbelief 603,548 fighting men of Israel. God killed them in the wilderness for their unbelief. They refused to mix the promise with faith and therefore they did not enter into the rest that God promised them. All these people saw what Caleb saw. All these people saw God's miracles with their eyes. Yet they rebelled against him. But concerning Caleb, God said in Numbers chapter 14 and verse 24, but because my servant, so that's a very important phrase, my servant. Because my servant Caleb has a different spirit, different from all these people who were killed. He had a different spirit. He had Holy Spirit and obeys me wholeheartedly. I will bring him into the land he went to, which is Hebron, and his descendants will inherit it. Let me tell you, fathers, <laughs> when you believe God, your children also benefit. And when you don't obey God, your children suffers. He always, Caleb always believed God. He always obeyed God. Now he is given a special personal promise by God himself. That God would give him the city of Hebron as his inheritance. Now you remember, God called Abraham and he was say, 75 years of age and promised him children. But he had to wait 25 long years before he saw Isaac. Caleb was a believer too, and he had to wait patiently for 45 years for God to fulfill his promise to him. And Caleb persevered through all troubles and difficulties a true believer shall persevere to the very end for God enables him to persevere to the end that's what we read to you from Westminster Confession of Faith Caleb was not a covenant breaker Caleb was not a quitter 
As troubles came and oppositions came, he became stronger and bolder and more confident. Let's understand one thing. If you are a Christian, you will have greater trouble than an ordinary pagan. Because you stand for truth, you stand for Christ. And if you are regenerate, then you will persevere to the very end because God will help you to do so. By faith, he kept seeing in his mind the truth that one day he is going to conquer Hebron and capture Hebron and will live in Hebron and will enjoy Hebron. Nothing can shatter that conviction that he had in the promise of God. Number four, you see Caleb making his case before Joshua. He argues. Faith argues. Faith cannot be discouraged. Faith argues. So turn to chapter 14 of Joshua. Beginning with verse 6. His argument for his inheritance of Hebron revolves around the Lord's promise to him 45 years before. Not only the Lord promised Caleb that he would enter Canaan and inherit Hebron, the Lord himself chose him to be a commissioner to divide the inheritance to Israel. Turn to the book of Numbers to see this truth. Numbers 34, beginning with verse 16, the Lord said to Moses, this is so many years before, the Lord said to Moses, these are the names of the men who are to assign the land for you as an inheritance. Eliezer the priest and Joshua the son of Nun and appoint one leader from each tribe to help assign the land. And there it is, verse 19. Caleb ben Jephune from the tribe of Judah. So the second generation crossed the mighty Jordan, fought the battles and conquered the land. And you could see this old Caleb fighting along with the rest of the soldiers. And he's been fighting for seven years having entered Canaan. And finally the time came for the partition and the division of the land to various tribes. And Judah came to receive land. But before the land can be assigned here Caleb comes. Hey, wait a minute. You cannot assign Hebron to anybody else. I have a claim. God promised me 45 years ago. And the heart of his argument was the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord promised. It's already spoken for. You don't need to cast lots. You, you don't need to pray. It's already revealed. And you know it. And I know it. Hebron is mine. So let's 
Look at this argument. Chapter 14 of Joshua. You look at this emphasis on the Lord. 14 verse 6. You know what the Lord said to Moses. And 14 verse 8. But my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of people melt with fear. I, however, followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. Look at 14 verse 9. The land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord. And turn to chapter 14 verse 10. Now then, just as the Lord promised... Look at verse chapter 14, verse 12. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised. Look at chapter 14, verse 12. The Lord helping me, I will drive them out. It's the Lord and his word. That's the mighty argument. The basis of his petition. His prayer to Joshua is the Lord and his promise. That ought to be the basis of our prayer. The Lord, you have promised, do it for me. You promised it. Turn to 2 Samuel chapter 7 and listen to what David is saying in his prayer to the Lord. 2 Samuel 7 and verse 25. And now, Lord God, keep forever the promise you have made concerning your servant and his house. Do as you promised. That's mighty argument. That's mighty and prevailing prayer. We pray according to the will of God, according to what God has promised. And every promise in the book is mine. Hallelujah. Number five. Caleb, by faith, fights for his inheritance. He does not flee from the prospect of fighting. Joshua could not deny his petition. It was based on the Lord and his promise. And Joshua, we read, blessed him and gave him his portion, the hill country of Hebron, where the patriarchs lived and died. Also where now the giants dwelt. When we say giants, we are speaking about people about 14 feet high. Now, have you ever seen anybody 14 feet high? It's scary to see these giants walking about, but not Caleb. He glories in the opportunity to fight and defeat these giants. At age 85, God preserved him in physical and spiritual vigor, we are told, while others retire and grow flowers. Caleb is ready to fight the giants. 45 years ago, he told the unbelieving 
sons of Israel. What did he say? The Lord is pleased with us. The Lord is with us. Therefore, we would swallow up the giants as we swallow bread. And he was not exaggerating. Now, after 45 years, the 85-year-old Caleb, a giant of faith, did exactly that. He was not merely self-confident. Chapter 14, verse 12, he says, God, the Lord helping me, I will drive them out. That's the secret of our success. The Lord helping me, I will drive out the giants from my inheritance. He was proving through the words of St. Paul, I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengtheneth me. So the question is, did he do it? Well, turn to Joshua chapter 15 and verse 14. From Hebron, Caleb drove out the three Anakites, that is giants, Shishai, Ahiman, and Talmai, the descendants of Anak, fighting faith, bold faith, conquering faith. Turn to chapter 1 of Judges and verse 20. As Moses had promised, Hebron was given to Caleb, who drove from it the three sons of Anak. And Judges chapter 1 verse 10. They advanced against the Canaanites living in Hebron and defeated or killed or struck down. Shishai, Ahiman, and Talmai. Faith in God will move the mighty mountain. So Caleb drove out, he defeated, he struck, he killed the giants. As David killed the giant Goliath. In the name of the Lord, Caleb did defeat these giants. How did he do it? The Lord was with Caleb. He helped him defeat the giants. Turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 9. This is what Caleb believed to be true. This was the Lord's word, and he believed this word. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 9. Hero Israel, you are now about to cross the Jordan to go in and disperse nations greater and stronger than you. See, it's plainly revealed. They are greater, but they are stronger, but I am stronger than they. See, if God is with you, that's all that matters. With large cities that have walls up to the sky. The people are strong and tall, the Anakites. You know about them and have heard it said. Who can stand up against the Anakites? Verse 3, be assured today that the Lord your God is the one who goes across ahead of you like a devouring fire. 
he will destroy them he will subdue them before you and you will drive them out and annihilate them quickly as the lord has promised that's the language of faith when you believe that then you say i can resist the devil and he shall flee from me in the name of the lord believer fights now we read in the book of judges there were other people they could not drive them out turn with, with me to the book of judges and let me read to you certain verses and the question is how come they did not drive them out and the reason was their unbelief they were seeking peace and affluence peace and affluence make us weak and here it is judges chapter 1 and verse 27 but manasseh did not drive out the people of bethshan and look at verse 29 nor did ephraim drive out the canaanites living in gezer and look at chapter 1 verse 30 neither did zebulun drive out the canaanites living in kitron and verse 31 nor did asher drive out those living in akko or sidon and verse 33 neither did naphtali drive out those living in beth shemesh and so on how come did god go away they did not believe in god's promise and they did not put up a fight that may be true of some of us living a defeated life and we have gotten used to it but don't tell me that is god's purpose for our life god's purpose for our life is to live a victorious christian life so caleb believed god's promise he mixed god's word with faith while the vast majority did not believe and so failed to enjoy their inheritance number 6 Caleb obeyed the Lord fully only about one person in the entire bible it is stated six times that he fully obeyed the Lord and that's Caleb faith works faith fights faith obeys faith believes a believer is god's workmanship we are told created in christ jesus unto obedience and today there are people who would say because we are believers we don't have to obey anything in other words they glory in their evil and evil is seen as proof that they are god's people it's amazing phenomenon especially today no we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has foreordained that we should walk in them obedience to the covenant lord is proof of our relationship with the lord jesus christ how can anyone call him lord that is lord of the covenant and not do his will 
a false believer calls him Lord and refuses to obey him. Not so Caleb. God himself certifies, certifies him as fully obedient to him, as I said six times. And you could verify this. Let's turn to the first reference, Numbers 14 and verse 24. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me fully, wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. And you read the same in Numbers 32, 11 and 12, Deuteronomy 1, verse 36, and Joshua 14, verse 8, he speaks to Joshua saying, I obeyed the Lord fully. And Joshua 14, verse 9, and Joshua 14, verse 14, six times we are told about it. The Lord wants us to know that there is one person who really fully obeyed me. God is pleased when we fully obey him. He calls us my servant. Of Caleb alone, the scripture declares six times he obeyed the Lord fully. Now understand, this does not mean that he was sinless or sinlessly perfect. No one except Jesus was sinless. No believer in Christ will be sinless in this life. We understand that. But don't use that as an argument to continue in our disobedience. But Caleb tells us that full obedience is normal Christian life. And he tells us it is not some unachievable idealism. Caleb was a man just like us. And he fully obeyed the Lord. Caleb loved the Lord with all his heart, mind, soul, and strength. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And the Lord Jesus Christ spoke from, from this passage and said, Love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Not loving God with a divided heart. He did not turn to the right or to the left. Jesus calls us to follow him. Isn't that true? That's what he says. Follow me. Don't turn to the right or to the left. This is what it means to be led by the Spirit. The Bible says those who are led by the Spirit, they and they alone are the sons of God. And we enjoy the freedom of posse non pecare means we have the freedom, what? Not to sin because we are regenerate, we have a new nature, we have the Holy Ghost is within us and we have God's revelation that tells us which way to go. We are good trees. God made us good trees, and therefore we produce good fruits. Number seven, Caleb rests in his inheritance. He entered into it. He enjoys it. 
Let me tell you something. Caleb was persecuted for his faith. The majority report went against him. The whole congregation turned against him and against the Lord. And the congregation was about to stone him to death. They would have stoned the Lord, but they couldn't do that. So they were going to stone Moses and Aaron and Caleb and so on. But the Lord intervened in all glory and prevented them from killing him. Let me tell you, this is true today. If you are faithful to God, if you keep God's covenant, you'll be persecuted, not just by people of the world, but people who profess to be people of God. You will always be in the minority. And you will not be popular. You'll be slandered and vilified, but be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. By faith, fix your eyes on the eternal, invisible realities and persevere to the very end. Caleb was not only persecuted for his faith, he had to wait for his promise 45 years because of Israel's unbelief. But as I said, faith does not give up. Faith patiently waits for the fulfillment of God's promise. God cannot lie. God is immutable. God is almighty. St. Paul tells us for no matter how many promises God has made, they are what? Yes, in Christ. Therefore, faith waits. Then suddenly came the fulfillment. Joshua granted Caleb's inheritance. Caleb conquered Hebron and destroyed the giants by divine power. At last he possessed his possession. Let me ask you, what does Hebron mean? It means communion. That's what it means. It means fellowship with God. Genesis 13 and verse 18, we are told Abraham built an altar there and worshipped God. Hebron was his inheritance. Let me ask you, what is our inheritance? What's our rest? What's our enjoyment? What's our treasure? It's good to ask that question. Is it a piece of the real estate? Is it great wealth or power? Certainly, don't misunderstand me. God provides for our needs. He guarantees he would do so. But let me tell you, real estate is not our inheritance that we are looking forward to. Turn with me to what the scripture uh, says in terms of this answer. Turn with me to Psalm 73. And let me read to you from verse 25 and 26. Whom have... I in heaven but you. And earth has nothing I desire besides you. Now ask and see whether this is true of you. My flesh and my heart may fail. But God is the strength of my heart. And here it is. And my portion forever. Now turn with me to the book of Lamentations. That is, after Jeremiah, 
and chapter 3. Let me read to you from verse 21. This is a book that speaks about the destruction of God's people by God himself for their unbelief. And yet the believer is saying this. Beginning with verse 21, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning, great is your faithfulness. I say to myself what the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Real estate cannot give us true rest. The Lord gives us true rest. It is the Lord who said, come unto me, I'll give you rest. Is the Lord your portion? Is the Lord your treasure? Then your heart will be with him. Then you will love him with all your heart and keep his commands as Caleb. Let me show to you what your rest ought to be. Turn with me to the book of John, chapter 14. Imagine that you are about to die and your accountant comes to you to encourage you and he says, you have made a lot of money this year. I just want to let you know that. Or somebody else comes and says, you know, you are about to die, but listen, there is an article in the paper about you, such a wonderful, glowing article. Or somebody else comes and says, you know, I understand you like rare steak, medium rare. And I have it. I know what you like. And here it is. You think you will be all excited? Nothing will bring you any kind of encouragement. These things will recede into the background. And here it is. John 14, verse 21. Whoever has my commands and obeys him, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. That's what a true believer is excited about. That communion, that Hebron, that fellowship. Look at verse 23, Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Your soul is ravished. You are delighted. You are nourished. You are invigorated in this fellowship with God. Nothing else can make you happy. We are created to have communion with God. Sin disrupted this communion. The Savior, our covenant Lord, by his obedience, reconciled us to God. That we may have, finally, communion with God. We are born of God. We see God. We fix our eyes on invisible things. We fix our eyes on Jesus, who is seated on the right hand of God. We have come to the heavenly Zion to worship him. 
and to sing his praise and enjoy his presence. Even Caleb, the vigorous 85-year-old, had to die. And we shall one day die unless the Lord comes soon. In the meantime, outwardly we are, what is it? Wasting away. But that's not all, Paul says. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly. Hallelujah. Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. We are renewed and refreshed by our inheritance. We are refreshed and invigorated by our holy communion of the Lord. The Lord shows himself to us. That must mean something. That ought to ravish and delight you. The Lord shows himself to the believing soul who loves God and obeys him. See, you cannot enjoy this communion without obedience. If you study the scripture, he who became flesh and dwelt among men dwells in us to reveal his glory and majesty and wonder and power to us that we may be delighted with him. He is our portion and our cup. We feast on him. Our souls are nourished. So we do not need real estate, fame or power in this world. We seek the kingdom of God. We seek God who sought us and found us. We seek him who dwells in us. He is our food. He is our life. He is our hope. And soon we shall be with him forever. So whether you are young or old, learn from Caleb. Follow his example. Be faithful to the covenant, Lord. Persevere in the faith. Let others fall away. You stand in the faith. Be strong in the faith. Trust in God's promises. Do not seek ease. Fight the Lord's battles in the Lord's might. Say, I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengtheneth me. Say, he's my treasure. He's my inheritance. He's my all in all. Fear nothing. God is with us. What of old age? Do we have to worry? Let me read to you. If you are worrying about it. Let's read from Isaiah chapter 46 and verse 4. And you all are growing old. And I guarantee you all are going to die until unless he comes. Isaiah 46 verse 4. Even to your old age and gray hairs I am he. That doesn't mean the moment a gray hair comes he will drop you. That's not what it means. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he, I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you, I will sustain you and I will rescue you. If that didn't convince you, let's turn to Psalm 92, let me read to you. From verse 12 through 14, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. 
planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit when? In old age. They will still bear fruit. They will stay fresh and green. Proclaiming. The Lord is upright. He is my rock. And there is no wickedness in him. Praising God. Sustained by God. Nourished by God. Strong in the Lord. Without fear. St. Paul calls himself an aged man. In Philemon verse 9. But listen to what he says. I have fought the good fight. Hallelujah. It's a good fight. The gospel fight is a good fight. There is a question about whether just war or (laughs) wicked war. But this one is a good fight. I have fought the good fight, finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only for me, hallelujah, but also for all who have what? Longed for his appearing. He's our inheritance. We are longing for it. Hallelujah. Be a Caleb. Fight the good fight. Enjoy your inheritance. Live in Hebron. Fellowship with God and God's people. Until you are granted your full inheritance when he comes again. He's coming again. Hallelujah. He's coming again. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Caleb and his persevering faith from this day forward. Help us to grow in faith. Help us to be strong in the Lord. Help us to fight in faith. And help us to enjoy our inheritance. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio with this message entitled, The Faith of Caleb. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.